Hello and welcome to the latest Royal Roundup from Talk TV. So pop the kettle on, this is the Royal Tea. I'm Sarah Hewson. The King's coronation is a little over three months away, but what can we expect? Our panel of experts are here to help lift the lid. Will Harry and Meghan be there? What about Andrew? And could the King make the most sacred part of the ceremony public? Joining me in the studio to discuss that and lots more, a royal commentator and talk TV regular Afia Hagen, former royal editor at The Sun, Duncan Larkham, and the current royal editor at The Sun, Matt Wilkinson. Hello uh, to all of you. Thank you very much for being with us. The Princess of Wales this week launched her life's work, a project called Shaping Up that highlights the importance of early years development of children. Matt, you were in Leeds uh, for the big launch day. Tell us about it. What, what's the project about to start off with? It's a hugely important week for Kate. Um, she, she launched it at, uh, at BAFTA on Monday and then we went up to Leeds on Tuesday and she, was, she, she met some, uh, some local community groups and stuff like that. But it's all about, I say, her life's work is about working and raising awareness for what needs to be done for children un under five. She's been involved in this for about 10 years now, but this is, this, this is now going to be told the golden thread throughout the rest of her working life. So it comes with a, with a pretty big legacy, doesn't it? Duncan. It does. I mean, I think what we're seeing here is part of the process that's been going on for some time in terms of building up brand Kate. You know, she is a mother. She is the. She she stands at the side of Prince William, which I think is perhaps significant when you compare it to to other members of the family. She's not in the background. She's in the forefront at times, and she's at William's side the rest of the time. Kate is going to be a force. She is a force, but it's that sort of duty-based passionate thing that she feels strongly about. I wonder if she'll feel that strongly about the early years development when the likes of Georgia in their 20s and um, careering around the world making headlines for us all. Um, but certainly for now, I think there's a good, good sort of precedent really for the royals to do what, stick to what they know about, stick to what they're good at. And there you have, this, this is why this is such a good thing for Kate. Uh, one member of the crowd particularly taken with her. Yeah, I mean, I feel a bit for Kate on this. She, 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 yeah, someone wolf whistled at Kate. It was a very busy market. There was lots of journalists there. Lots of people didn't even know Kate. You know, it's like people didn't know she was arriving and then she arrived. Lots of members of the public came over, stallholders came over, and there was a wolf whistle. And then she brushed it off, she walked away, and it, as I say, you might think And what it's else just, could she do? You yeah. might think it's just a fun thing, but she was going to work. Yeah. This is the thing about this project that she's doing. She's, she's going to work, and she was in the workplace there, and I think even speaking to the market stallholders afterwards, they all found it a little bit degrading and unacceptable that a woman going to work, the Matthew Princess or not, got, got that reaction. But Sadly, it kind of highlights the treatment that a lot of women will find on their walk to work or girls on their way to school. Yeah, absolutely. You know, catcalling, wolf whistling, ev nobody likes it. It shouldn't happen when you're just going about your daily life. But also I think, you know, this is a reflection because so much has been written about the way she looks, the way she dresses, you know, the red suit that she wore on Monday, you know, comparing her to Meghan, the black dress that she wore, the blow dry. Like, let's focus on what she's there the to substance. do, the substance, mm. the, the good that she's trying to do in this very important project, and less about what she's wearing. Boring. Good it, point. it does show her soft power as well. I mean, there are, there are politicians that are adamant that wolf whistling like that, catcalling, should actually be illegal. Mm. And yet, a form of harassment. A yeah. form of, and quite 
you know, rightly or wrongly, whatever the rights and wrongs of that are, what's acceptable. But look how Kate re responded and reacted. It's just, it, she, it's almost like she can rise above the kind of petty things that would perhaps end up being big issues yeah. if she was there to promote a book or promote something. It's just, you know, she rose above it in a way that's classic Kate. If you remember, last um, uh, when Sarah Everard died in, in Clapham, she, uh, the source is close to she went and laid flowers at, at, the, uh, at the place. And she came out, uh, so people said to her that she remembers being a young woman walking around London at night or having, you know, or feeling unsafe. So she may have heard it, and I think she may have been felt uncomfortable, although she did brush it off. She has in the past spoken about you know, the, the, the reaction to women in the streets. So. Let's talk about the coronation now, speculation continuing about King Charles's big day, May the 6th. What do we know so far? Developments uh, that we're hearing about over the course of the last uh, few days. I, I mean, the big question outstanding is Harry and Meghan, are they going to come? Will there be some kind of reconciliation beforehand? That is a big question, isn't it? I maintain, and I've said this before, I do think that King Charles will invite them and I do think that they will attend because Harry has talked repeatedly about his wants for a reconciliation. Now, I don't think that that will happen over the course of that weekend because it's not about that right now. But I think by them attending, that is the first step on the road to reconciliation. Now, we do know that it is Archie's birthday on that Saturday. Um, Could that be used as an excuse? And I think lots of people will see that as a reason for them not to come. Mm. But I, I do think that they, he will want to be there for this incredibly important event in his father's life. You know, he said- In history. Exactly. He wants his brother back. He wants his father back. This is part of that. And I think it's a step on the road to reconciliation. But actually, I think the most important question is, will the Spice Girls reunite and perform? <laughs> that is the big question. That is the big question and for will me. And Victoria Beckham rejoin them well, for this moment? Rumour has it, I read this this week, that apparently all five Spice Girls will be reuniting, perhaps for the concert that's taking place at Windsor Castle on Sunday. I mean, that's what I'm watching for. That's the real reunion, isn't it? That that's is the, uh, the real reunion. That's the whole point. The of burying the of the hatchet. Yeah, that's the real <laughs> burying of exactly. the hatchet. That's the reconciliation yeah. we want to see. And on the subject of the reconciliation, suggestions that Charles would like to see Harry there, but perhaps a, a disagreement between he or it's probably too strong a word, difference of opinion between he and William on how that might happen. Uh, we keep being told the invites haven't gone out. But we're getting quite close now. We're under 100 days of people They've got to book their know. flights. They've got to book their flights. Get a book um, hotels. Exactly. We don't, Charles doesn't want to look petty. He doesn't want to look like someone, someone who's, who's, who's banning his son from coming uh, because, of, because of a book or a, or a TV show. He wants to rise above that. And I think he's, in he's going to be in charge of the family invites. But I, think, I don't think Charles wants to look like he's being petty. But William, I mean, we, we know he hasn't spoke to his brother. For, for months and months and months. I don't think he'll be massively keen for him. But remember, Harry came back for his grandfather's funeral just days, months or weeks after the Oprah interview. He came back, he did that. He's the come unveiling. back for the funeral. Jubilee, Platinum the Jubilee. Platinum Jubilee. And, and that was his mother's unveiling of her statue. Uh, with yep. And that was Lilibet's birthday that week, that yep. weekend. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm, not, I'm not a betting man, but I could see him coming. You have, to, you have to sort of think, given what's happened in the past, well, what we've learned really in the past six months about the nature of the relationship Harry has 
is that probably the best time to find out whether he's coming or not will be the morning itself. Well, I mean, it, yeah. it's that much, what, whichever way the wind blows. I, I, I'm fairly confident Harry will be invited from a father to a son. Yeah, yeah it would look churlish, really not to invite him to that particular moment. It's, it's, it? a pretty, it's a pretty big moment. And of course, if Harry isn't invited full stop, well, that's a statement. I'm king now and you are no longer part of my kingdom in any shape or form. And, and, and that's just not the mood, mu mood music that we're getting. Um, whether Harry accepts the invitation or not, as I say, I think that's probably down to let's, let's see 24 hours before the event. And Matt, what about this suggestion that the Archbishop of Canterbury could be brought in to, to mediate? Yeah, there's been a lot of talk about this, that, that um, the Archbishop of Canterbury has been, he's been working like back channels and uh, is being asked by the King to, 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 to speak to Harry and, and make sure that, it, that, that they can come and it will all be ha play happy families. Both, but both the uh, Lambeth Palace and Buckingham Palace are, are, are telling us off the record that this isn't happening. Um, there's been other names that have, that have been chucked out about people who are, who are trying to get some kind of reconciliation. I, if it's going to happen, then, then maybe a, it would be better for some kind of stranger or outsider to, 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 to speak to both different parties. I think that's right, because there is such a breakdown in communication. And if Harry is forming his opinions about his brother and his father based on what he reads on, online, which is, appears to be the case, I'm afraid, um, the sooner that there's that direct link, that direct link has gone. And Justin Welby seems a kind of good fit, doesn't he? Because he married Harry and Meghan, he christened Archie. They have a, a, a relationship, but he's also, you know, a, a figure that really does understand forgiveness and reconciliation. It's a lovely idea. It's a lovely idea, the Archbishop of Canterbury getting involved in doing it. Is I'm not entirely sure how realistic it is. And um, there have also been reports that the most private moment of the ceremony may be shown in public for the first time. This is when the Archbishop of Canterbury anoints the hands, the breast and the head of the monarch with the holy oil. The king will apparently have a transparent canopy allowing the public to see the anointing for the first time. Afia, your thoughts on this? Well, I mean, this kind of ties in with what we've seen so far of King Charles ascending to the throne because we did see the ascension ceremony which took place in the city of London that was televised for the very first time. So I think, you know, this shows us the modernization of the process, the moder modernization of the monarchy. Um, and I think it's such a sacred moment, actually. It will be quite incredible to see that, if that's true, if that goes ahead, you know, because that literally is the bare bones of it, isn't it? It's a very sacred, very holy thing that takes place. And I think if we see that, it will be incredible. And I actually do think it will happen because of what we've seen so far. Because that is the moment, Duncan, uh, that during the Queen's coronation, the first to be televised, that was a bit that wasn't shown. Yeah, of course, in 1953, I think actually, look, it's probably an urban myth, but most people went out and that was when there was a huge explosion in the number of people with their own television sets just so that they could watch the queen this young royal become become queen it was a huge global event then obviously the queen's death as we saw mm. was a huge global event now but poor old charles now spare a thought for the king he's had years of pushing this slow agenda of wanting to modernize wanting to scale back wanting to move with the times but of course, this is a ceremony that has its roots more than a thousand years ago in British history. So how do you modernize something that at its very sacred heart, if you like, is this anointing of 
an individual to rule over his kingdom because God has chosen him to do that. Mm. Um, it's an aspect of royalty perhaps now that's a couple of hundred years out of date. So interestingly, they're going to try and open it all out. I think, I think we are in... We, we we've probably already seen some, some changes that no kneeling dukes, that the king to be wearing military uniform, for example. But yet you still have the big gold coach and yeah. you, you still have the archbishop. You know, it's it, a tough it's, mix, isn't it's it? It's difficult. A it's a difficult challenge. My understanding with the with the what you're talking about there with with the anointing is that they've um, they've developed a couple of canopies and they haven't quite made the decision yet whether it will be public or whether or whether it not. It's almost like um, uh, filmed several endings. You know, like, like, almost like, <laughs> almost like line of duty, almost like line of duty, and like, you know, yeah. where's H at the end yeah. of line of duty, yeah. like, where's H? But no, it's almost like they have actually, um, they've not, I don't think they've finalised any of these details, but I, I think that getting out there and people now talking about it and we're kind of accepting it and think it's a good idea, I could see it getting into the ceremony, but they are, they are still drilling down to the details, yeah. Um, another big question is whether Andrew will be there, but on the subject of Andrew, uh, I just want to get your reaction, what we made of that somewhat bizarre photo on the front of the Telegraph at the weekend of two people in Prince Andrew and Virginia Dufresne masks sitting in Ghislaine Maxwell's bath. What kind of defence <laughs> is that? <laughs> Duncan, you're laughing. Oh, well, Matt, well, Matt doesn't ask. know what to say. <laughs> I'm still scarred by it. I, yeah. think, I think that's yes. your answer. What I kind, kind of, of felt like it might be April the 1st. Yeah, no, no, that. that's, that's done it for me. There's nothing, nothing to see here. It's all gone. It, clearly it was all a big hoax now. I, I, it, it's the, it's the um, speculation around whether or not um, Andrew now, now that he's had some inheritance from his mother, that he's actually going to try and fight back and clear, clear his name. Um, but, you know, uh, is, is the photograph of him with Virginia Gaffrey a fake? Was it always a fake? And how could they have possibly done what they're alleged to have done in such a small bath? It's one of the more bizarre um, yeah. examinations of, of where we're at with Andrew's legal situation, I think. Just like his interview uh, with Newsnight, I think they probably expected it to go one way and it went the other way, like with this picture that, that, that they seem to have, you know, I think it's the Maxwells actually. The Maxwells yeah, that, that, have like, released this that have released it. They attempt were to help his case. Yes. I'm not sure that it has. They were hoping for possibly for a different reaction to what was received. I mean, what, what I don't understand, that there's, there's two issues at play here. First of all, on the Maxwell side, how did they think this would help his case exactly? Because, I mean, come on, my daughter could have told you this is not a good idea. And then second of all, who then decided to put that on the front of a newspaper, not on April 1st? Because again, my daughter could have told you that also not a good idea. I think what we're seeing here is a pattern of bad decision making all round. Very poor judgment. Very, not very reading poor judgment. The room. Or the bathroom just, in this just, case. Yes. <laughs> and it doesn't yeah. do, frankly, it doesn't do Andrew any favours having all. this dripped back into the media. The only thing that I can think in, is that in their minds, the more seeds of doubt. that you sow of doubt, does that potentially help him? And, and if the Maxwells help Andrew, does that help but Ghislaine Maxwell with her appeal? But I, I mean, who can make sense of any of it? It's less seeds of doubt and just seeds of ridiculousness. Uh, now, according to newly unearthed letters, Princess Diana regretted divorcing Prince Charles and would not have agreed to separate if she'd known 
how desperate and ugly it would be. She also spoke of her belief that the royal family was bugging her phone. Um, Duncan, uh, this has all come out in, in letters which are going up for auction, giving us an insight into a particularly turbulent time in the 1990s. Well, it's, yeah, I mean, obviously we, we know how turbulent those times were and, and I think what comes through quite tragically again is that level of um, paranoia and um, the, the amount of confusion there was in, in Diana's heart as she, as she wrote these letters to close friends. It, it really is a, is a part of history that although The Crown is, season five is, is, is heavily covering that, that period, I think generally it's, it's an area of history that the new king in particular would rather stays very much in the past. But we knew Diana, we, we've all known the desperation that Diana has been well documented and her letters, they do serve as a historic marker really to what was going to be not long after she penned them, one of the most tragic events in, in modern British history. Uh, and Matt's suggestion these are going to go up for 90,000 these letters. Yeah, I, I think the money was going to go is going to go to charity. Yes, so I don't, we, it we're is. not looking at anyone cashing in no. on the memory of, of, of Diana. Interestingly, that the, the Cassams, that the friends of Diana's who are selling these, that say they're doing it because it's such a huge responsibility that they don't want to pass on mm. uh, to their children. Should we talk about Lady Susan Hussey uh, now? Because she resigned, of course, as a royal aide following a row over alleged racism. She joined the King and the Princess Royal for a church service on the royal family's Sandringham estate in Norfolk at the weekend. Is it right, should the royal family start to allow her to become more visible again, Afia? I think, you know, when it comes to um, Lady Susan Hussey and Ngozi Fulani, Ngozi Fulani said from, from day dot that she wanted this to be a learning experience for everybody involved. She didn't necessarily want Lady Susan Hussey to be sacked. What she wanted was for there to be a conversation about unconscious bias, about racism, about why we don't necessarily say certain things, why things are wrong, learning experience, and we move on. That's what she wanted. I think if learning is happening, you know, we saw Lady Susan Hussey and Ngozi Fulani um, together just before Christmas, they had a conversation. Um, hopefully they discussed it and they cleared the air, which we're told that they did. And hopefully the royal family and Buckingham Palace and the other palaces are learning from this experience. Um, they are having, hopefully, diversity and inclusion training and know why certain things are wrong. If that's happening, then I think fair enough. Why what, not? What do we know, Matt, about what's happening behind the scenes? <laughs> I think... Um, it, the, the it came out at a comfortable time when the, the, the Lady Susan Hussey and, um, and Gozi Fulani, because Kate and William were in Boston, and there was immediate statements from Kate and William's team about how it was unacceptable, and Lady Susan Hussey was, was quickly um, uh, forced to step, down, step yeah. down from the job. And I think, actually looking back now, that there is a, the, the, within rural circles, within those elements, there is a bit of regret onto how Lady Susan Hussey was dealt with. It um, was also the time when Harry and Meghan were about to go and collect their Human Rights Award for yeah. standing up to structural racism within yeah, the royal there are people within the, within, the, within, the, within the royal household that felt she was, she was given a bad deal over that and so she has apologised, she has met Ngozi and they've, you know, they've accepted apology and had a wonderful conversation and they have moved on. So I think she, you know, let's move on, she, she, she let her go back to work and hang around with Charles. She, she's, she's been with the royal household for, for decades, she has lots of loyal supporters there that, that, that feel that, 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 that there's too much of a pile in on her. Mm. And, and that's right, I think it's important for a new king um, from the outset, not not to become 
or allow this notion of cancel culture to, to spread too far into his court because mistakes are going to be made. You know, newsflash, the royals are not perfect and the people around them perhaps at times are not perfect and they'll say the wrong things. So they either learn from them or what do you do? You, you hide them away in, in disgrace and, and I think there's a nice gesture actually that we saw. You know, they're not just being blackballed forever for making a mistake is actually a process of learning from the mistake and hopefully making the court of King Charles a better place for it. Well, he is a man who believes very much in forgiveness, mm. isn't he? So let's see how that plays out when it comes to his son as well. Well, that is all we've got time for this week. My thanks to Afia, Duncan and Matt. We will be back next week with all of the latest on the royal family. Hope you can join us. We'll see you then. <laughs>